0: This is The Playbook. Woe is right, not woe is me when it is uh, Tuesdays here with Rick Macy, uh, (laughs) top of the brand, Game Set Life. Welcome, my pal and uh, co-host of Game Set Life, Rick Macy. Thanks
1: for joining me. No, I'm I'm pumped up, ready to go. We're starting a few hours later, but I always tell my students, you know, you got to get out of your comfort zone to get in the end zone, and it's fitting today because we have Steven Jackson, so I'm, I'm ready to go.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people may not even know how many times Steven Jackson's actually been in the end zone, um, but I will tell you, i am doing a lot of international travel, and thank you so much for your patience and accommodation. Someone like you who has so many different options during the day and opportunities to help others, uh, it really means a lot to me that you would adjust. Uh, your very active and blessed schedule to 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 be with me. But traveling internationally, uh, it's interesting because sports uh, are really all of them, including the NFL, with the popularity that we're having in Europe, especially in the Asia uh, kids market. Um, but tennis has always been an international sport. Yeah. Um, and you've been Uh, At the top of the game, not only as a player, but as a coach, obviously, with so many grand slams, we can't even count them, which is what has landed you into the Hall of Fame. Um, But I'm really interested for a sport that has always been international. um, How has the international aspect of sports impacted, number one, tennis? But also, I'd love to get your opinion or, or your perspective on the impact that it has on all sports.
1: Well, first off, you know, back in the day, it wasn't as global, you know, it was only a few countries. And then once this thing became more global, you're seeing people from everywhere, all corners of the world. Because listen, David, there's athletes everywhere. They just need an opportunity, you know, and tennis is such a vehicle, okay, especially for a lot of women to make an unbelievable, unbelievable living, okay? They got the hunger, they have the thirst. So it's become a lot more competitive, and that's actually one of the reasons why there's been a drought with men's tennis. We haven't had a Grand Slam champion since uh, my good buddy Andy Roddick, you know, a long time ago. So, yeah, it's more global. Uh, An athlete's an athlete, and it's just taken on a life of its own uh, in all sports, you know. And I think uh, when you have more people doing it around the world and then you have them as role models, okay, they're inspiring the youth. And that's the path they decide to take.
0: And the technology that goes behind the amplification worldwide, the access to education, to the inspiration and education, uh, as you can imagine, I get Rick Macy videos every day, not just in my text messages, but online, uh, via social media, and it's amazing, uh, the insight that is available to everyone. So whether you're in Croatia or Bali or wherever there is cement in a net, uh, there's some great advice that's available. And so you don't have to have the extreme wealth to belong to a country club uh, and pay for the greatest coaches in the world because there's a humanitarian aspect of people like you uh, that, yes, you do work one on one. And we have heard it from the movie and in person you know you take care of the hamburgers hot dogs and the prime rib uh in whatever vernacular but what i most respect about you is uh the amount that you care about the game itself and the free information that people get from you the world's greatest tennis coach the hall of fame tennis coach that every day i don't know much about tennis uh and you know someday i'm going to get my first lesson from rick macy and it's going to make a hell of a a video as well as Nick, you're going to teach Nick Stanislaus to, to serve, but you're going to teach Dave Meltzer tennis. And I'm going to tell everyone if you don't think you can manifest what you want in life, imagine having your first tennis lesson from Rick Macy. So I I, I know I have that in my back pocket. I keep telling my wife, look out. Uh, But for you, why do you do so much for free? Why do you, you know, give lessons for free and, and post your videos? Uh, You know, it's not like you're a 20-year-old trying to prove themselves. Uh, What is so important about helping everybody?
1: Well, first off, I love the question. You know, I think a couple things. Number one, I have a gift to communicate and say things and spell it out where everybody can understand. I'm at the stage of the game where I like to help others, you know, because like you just said, they don't have the opportunity. Maybe they cannot go to academy or maybe there's other coaches. You know that need those resources and you know i've kind of become the leader in the clubhouse with instruction the the comments i get even though it's only for a minute or two it changes everything and back to the information that's out there that can kind of cut both ways because now that everybody can go on youtube or whatever anybody can just start spewing out anything and it can kind of maybe mess you up a little bit also but that's for the consumer to pick and choose but I just love helping others. I've always been that way. I've never changed those Midwest values from Greenville, Ohio. You know, I've just never changed in that respect. So, um, and when you can coach like that from the heart, that's how it connects with people. And the end game is all roads lead back to court number one here at the Rick Macy Tennis Center. So I just love helping others. And, you know, I I think whether it's a five-year-old or someone on the pro tour or an adult, I think when you have that gift and you love to do it, um, you're, you feel like you're hardly working.
0: And like I always say, if you love what you do, not only won't you work a day in your life, but it will tell you all its secrets. And nobody knows more secrets about tennis than Rick Macy. Uh, so as much as there are people out there spewing misinformation, and you know, I say in my business, you know. You're going to get an executive coach that's, you know, at home living on their mom's couch, high and broke and sick uh, when you can have, you know, a bunch of great entrepreneurs that have made hundreds of millions of dollars, lost it and gained it back and know uh, from experience uh, how to help and are willing to do so. So pick and choose your mentors just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice. And just because someone's standing in front of a fancy car doesn't mean that they can give you advice. Uh, believe it or not, that car may not even be theirs. I've seen that many a time. Uh, To that uh, point, when we're talking about the importance of content, um, as much as all roads lead to the first court at the Rick Macy Academy and Tennis Center down there, um, I imagine when we were both in Ohio as young uh, athletes and and hopeful executives, um, we had no uh, idea how important it would be to create content, to be our own brand, to create our own community. Uh, How number one, surprising is that to you? And two, how much of what you do today is to build community uh, with your brand more than even teach tennis?
1: Well, back in the day, I was just about hard work and getting better and appreciating everything. You know, I grew up on a tennis court, David, and the nets were steel and the courts were chipped and there was no windscreens. And there was really no one to play. So when you go grow up like that, you know, you just. Compton
0: Compton was, excuse me, I got to interrupt you. So basically what Rick Macy's saying is Compton was an upgrade from Ohio.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, like Richard said, that was East Compton Hills Country Club, you know. So I was right at home back in the day. But I think that little cornerstone has always been with me, that appreciation, you know, and just never forget where you came from. But no, nowadays you got to keep up with the times. The content is huge. You know, everybody's sharing and building a community. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's a gift that I have and I know a lot of people and I share a lot with a lot of people and I just like helping people, but no, it's a game changer and you got to really do that today uh, to stay competitive.
0: And one of the advantages of of being competitive is being consistent. One of the ways that, we can be consistent is to be able to somehow enjoy doing the same things over and over again. Uh, I always tell people, imagine eating your favorite meal of your lifetime, not even your favorite meal of today, every day having to eat your favorite meal of your lifetime. How long does it take until you don't wanna eat that meal anymore? Uh, The great champions are able to eat the same meal every day. And it's one thing that I picked up on in the very first interview I ever did with you Uh, You told me how disciplined you are, and you've never sat down on the tennis court in, you know, a half a century. Uh, You've woken up early every day for a half a century. And both of us proudly wear the badge of hard work uh, and integrity on our chest. Uh, And so for you, um, how do you maintain loving the same thing? I think you told me your kids call you alien. Uh, because of it. Mine do too. So how, how can you enjoy being so consistent and doing the same thing
1: every day? Well, now it's to the point I feel guilty. You know what I mean? If I don't stay locked in, because if you're not locked in, you know, you're locked out. And like I said, if I'm not getting better, I'm getting worse. So I, it's kind of a game within a game with myself. You know, I got to get up the same. I got to do the same thing. You know, I'm just structured like that and you when you expect it from yourself. I mean, Dave, somewhere along the line you got to have pride. You got to have discipline. You know what I mean? And when you have structure, I mean, you can just get so many more things done. But to back the the mini truck up here, when you said about food, it was so funny. I was at the fresh market the other day and I was checking out and the girl looks up at me and she knows who I am and she goes, "Rick, you always buy the same thing. Chicken, yogurt, And and lettuce. Uh, She goes, "Do you eat anything else? Do you buy anything else?" And I said, "No, this is kind of what I do. You know, at the end of the day." And how about then? She goes, "What about your students?" And I say, "Well, I want them to buy more time. They don't have to buy the same food, but I want them to buy more time." So hey, it just works for me, okay? And I think when you have balance, also you got to have that. But you need a routine. You need structure. um, And I'm just locked in and uh, know i still have the passion so that's the most important thing
0: well it certainly is important to both of us and it's also important to uh my new friend who i'm becoming closer to i had myron roll dr myron roll who's one of my favorite clients as a sports agent who was there from florida state and won the Rhodes scholarship and went to oxford and uh played in the nfl but uh, became a brain surgeon from harvard uh and it was funny because I pick up on frequencies of people, and the person that I most identified, Dr. Myron Roll with, was uh, Steven Jackson. So I'm going to bring him in so that everybody can get a taste of enlightenment, of a higher vibration, of you'll feel it when you see him, but I'm going to let you, as always, give the famous introduction. So let's introduce uh, Game Set Life super guest, Steven Jackson. Hey, buddy.
2: Hey, Hey, my man. How are you guys?
0: We're amazing. And I got a gift for you. Uh, I have found the best co-host that gives the best introductions. So I don't know if you've had the pleasure of meeting the infamous, the amazing, the hall of famer himself, Rick Macy, but he has a skill that nobody else knows about, which is he literally could be a TV host because nobody introduced guests like this guy.
1: Well, wait, David, but before Stephen, welcome to the show. Before I get into the common threads, I went on YouTube to look at your highlights. And I'm not making this up. When I saw you run the ball, my cat ran out of the living room. That's how hard you were running. And I backed the the chair up I was sitting in. So now that I got that out of the way, I'm gonna tackle the common threads. Here we go. Number one, all-time great Oregon State. No debate who carried the freight. Super teammate, 240, playing weight. Serena, first rate, good skate, out of the gate, Never hit late, didn't wait, sealed your fate out of Compton straight. You get that, David? Yeah, I love
0: dinner. that. Uh, middle-aged white guy. That's good.
1: <laughs> DM all-time great, early riser, never late. Everybody's date, no hate. Buckeye, the state. Number two common thread. You're a world-class achiever, Hall of Fame Beaver, great receiver, hands like a meat cleaver. Venus, wiry hands like rubber bands, packed the stands with fans. Richard had two plans, two iconic brands. Three, Meltzer family watched Leave It to Beaver. David pitched like Tom Seaver, even with a fever. He's a true believer, moved like a golden retriever. Number three, Rams, all time leading rusher, running style, bone crusher, flow like gusher. Footwork, better than Usher, okay? Serena had happy feet, never beat. Opponents cheat, still defeat, take a seat. David knows how to rush and crush. Negativity negativity flush, mindset like a computer. David's a world-class tutor. Number four, action, Jackson, in a fraction, got traction. 4-4, go, defense slow, fans, whoa, whoa sister act biggest show terminating foe made a lot of dough more than the icon- iconic larry curly and mo all right last one dm the king of shows he knows he just goes on his toes mentally always even it's showtime with rick dave and stephen welcome Rick, that was awesome. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the gift that keeps giving when you're working with Rick Macy. And i tell you, Stephen, you know, when I got to meet you in person, and obviously I watched you play, but we never really got to know one another until after your career and really share a passion uh, for making a lot of money, helping a lot of people and having a lot of fun. And that's what immediately resonated uh, with me. Uh, And it is amazing uh, how much money uh, the Williams sisters have made, uh, coming from where they came from and what they do. Uh, But money is an important part of what we do. And I think a lot of people don't know the relationship that people have with money, especially when they play ball and make some early money and then have to continue to feel passionate, purposeful and make profits. So I wanted to start with your relationship with money. Uh, you are an enlightened individual, and I love to hear how your perception of money has changed from when you signed on into the NFL and now as an entrepreneur. Uh, number one, has your perception of money changed? And two, if so, how?
2: Big time. You know, initially, I would say as a youngster, I'm um, going in. I, uh, money was will solve a lot of issues, and it does uh, momentarily, but it brings more issues. And now I see it as a as a tool. It's a vehicle to help you know uh, do things that I I, I want to do on a bigger grander scale, or you know you can implement an area to see it grow and then see it pay dividends in that way. So I see it more so as a as a tool than I did you know twenty years ago when I stepped on the field as a rookie. Amazing.
1: No, no, I I, I love that. Let me let me just go back just a little bit. Okay, you wore number thirty nine. Can you tell everybody? why you wore 39, because I think it gives a little snapshot into how you're wired as a person.
2: Yes, I wore, I wore the number 39 uh, because it's 39 books in the Old Testament, and it was it was a, a way for me to take my faith in God with me on the field. You know, we play a very, very uh, a physical sport that you never know what game may be your last, but at the same time, um, family faith in football is embedded in football players, so it was a twofold way of me displaying my love and faith, uh, and 39 is the way of doing it in an artsy, uh, in an arts way.
0: And it's interesting that you mentioned faith, uh, because my faith has changed throughout the years as well. In fact, I talked today about gratitude a lot, and a lot of people understand appreciation, meaning adding value to your life by appreciating, uh, the past and, and what you have now, but very few people apply, uh, gratitude or appreciation to the future, because in order to do so, you have to have faith. If you're thankful for what you can't see or what you don't know or what we don't have, it requires faith, regardless of religion, spirituality, theories or philosophies. Um, And so in the context of religiously looking at the 39 books of the Old Testament and faith in the traditional sense, um, being an entrepreneur requires an appreciation for the future. Uh, that doesn't necessarily have as much uh, of gl- glory involved as maybe being an NFL superstar. Um, how has faith helped you be consistent in believing in what you're doing? As it always takes longer than you think.
2: It's a great, this is a great point, Dave. Um, I would say for me, faith always. I would remind myself, it's those things that are unseen. And for those of us that have faith, you have to put it into practice. So faith without works was dead. So entrepreneurs, um, uh, future, whatever you want for your future, you could say what you want, all you want, but if you're not putting the plan in action and you're not taking action steps to make it happen, you're just standing in place and you're not, dis- you're not displaying faith or work. So for me, it's always been being intentional with the mindset of knowing what I want, speaking into an existence, and then putting it into work as if it already exists. And I think a lot of times, David, um, you and your success, you will see that where, you know, you have a, a thought, you have a vision for something. You, you may even put some hard capital down and you may rent, you know, you might raise some money for those who, who do funds. But in that, you have to not only sell the vision of what you see, but you also got to show them that you could put it to work and what, that they could trust you with their hard-earned money. So for me, with money, for me, with talent and anything, it's about knowing where you want to go, but trusting yourself to do it religiously and seeing it through, that it it all come to fruition.
1: No, I love that. You know, at the end of the day, you know, when you really appreciate, you know, what you have, the rest will just happen. Um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta always remember that. Don't focus on what you don't have; it's what you have. And if you just work hard, those other things will fall into place. But I love that answer.
2: Thank you, Rick. Mm -hmm. Uh, And to to your point, too, about just getting started, a lot of times, you know, you can all look around and say what we don't have. Or, you know, if if you play on a losing team, you can look at the New England Patriots like they have Belichick, they're always winning. right? But at some point, the New England Patriots had to have a turnaround. So that shows you you could start from ground zero, but you could build your way up. And it's all about having the right attitude, having the right people around you and just being disciplined in their approach. So I had the fortunate, uh, I had the chance to play for Coach Belichick. You know, my last season, year 12, I was in New England, and you know, all the things I thought I knew about football, uh, a lot of it didn't change. But the way he would teach it, the way he would get his, his guys to buy in with the New England way, was all about do your job, know the role that you need to fill, and do it to your best of expectations. And a lot of times, people want to be the main attraction, or they think they can do it on their own, but that's not true. We all need help. We all need a team. But it's about finding our weaknesses or the areas that we get, you know, we could use a little bit more helping hand in.
0: And, you know, the fact that Bill Belichick wanted you on that team that late in your career is a testament to what he looks at, uh, looks at and for uh, when he builds a team. And we have all seen so many rings. And I know Tom Brady gets a a lot of credit, uh, but I am a huge Bill Belichick fan because I think, A lot of times what Bill Belichick does is what all coaches, including Rick Macy is able to do is take talented individuals and bring the best out of them. He's able to, no matter what age you are, how much experience or or even the negative past, he gives people like Randy Moss, a different meaning to football and a different meaning to his purpose. And, uh, that locker room is self-regulated. Um, What you learned there in New England, how have you applied that? Because I think some of the principles that people learn in a New England Patriot locker room are extremely applicable to a business about doing your job, doing your best, learning lessons, having fun, all the things that I've heard throughout the year from Bill. What are some of the things that you've applied, probably not just from Bill Belichick, but uh, in the locker room that you're now using in, in the boardroom? I would um, we can
2: learn. So whatever industry you're in, you can learn from other competitors. So for a long time, as I said, I played a lot of football, but all of my years, it took my very last year of professional football to get this lesson. And the lesson was uh, it was two teams that were not on the schedule. We weren't going to play them anytime soon, but there was a pivotal moment that was teachable. And Coach Belichick took that clipping and coached the moment. He coached the situation. Hey, guys, if we ever have this come up, this is how we handle the situation. This is what we would do in this situation, and this is what I expect of you. So it doesn't it doesn't matter if you have Cleveland Browns on the schedule, if you have the Atlanta Falcons on the schedule. It's the fact that this situation happened in our industry, in our sport. This is not how to handle it. This is how you should handle it. And I thought that was genius because a lot of times coaches only coach the next play or the next team. They don't look ahead. You never know when the situation is going to come up, regardless of who you're playing, because it's situational football. And I think time over time is why you see New England in the postseason and typically, you know, in the latter rounds of the playoffs, because they're smart, they're heading and they're disciplined.
1: Well, first off, David, Stephen, that's the sign of a Hall of Fame coach. Okay, it's like with Venus and Serena, even when they're 11 and 12, we were talking about people on the pro tour. You know, Steffi Graf would have got that. Martino would have got that. Sellis is going to get that. That beat the best 12-year-old, but here's what's going to happen in the future. So I had their mind ready for that. I'm satisfied today, but I'm always looking if this situation comes up. Because if you've been there mentally, been there, done that, it creates confidence and a calmness. Doesn't matter, tennis, football, basketball. And that's the art of coaching. Today's important, but tomorrow you never know what's going to happen. And a good coach will prepare you for that.
0: And Stephen, you had mentioned, you know, getting started or what Rick and I always talk about, zero to one is more difficult than one to a hundred, especially for athletes that have so many options, opportunities, and touches of favor. They have so many characteristics to be successful. They carry a spirit of excellence. Uh, a lot of them have their own capital. Uh, and so there's more opportunity, uh, which can create confusion and procrastination or a feeling of over, being overwhelmed. How did you choose uh, your business? And what were some of the things today that you see in the business that still have you so fired up and inspired?
2: Well, for one, I, I think being able to express myself uh, in, a, in an artistic way to, uh, not only have a meaning behind design and a message behind it, the, the culture that we're trying to build here. And it stands for OBS, um, original brand and style, but it has a double meaning, the original barber school. So Rick, here in Las Vegas, Nevada, we have one of the worst school districts in the country. And I believe trade is a, a skill set that you could take it anywhere in the world and be able to provide for yourself, or your family. But we wanted to step up a notch, not only provide people an opportunity to find a career path, but like you may not be interested in being a barber, but you might be. Uh, you might feel sentiment to the, the message and that's being original. We believe originality is what all of us are born with. It's a style, the way you wear your swag, the way you wear your hoodie, your t-shirt or your hat. It's a message point. When you leave out the house, this is what you're projecting to the world. And we wanna tell our student barbers, we wanna tell the people that support our brand and the culture of it is being original is being yourself and doing it with style and class in a way that's fitting to you that you you know is one that projects to the world that you're confident in yourself and you don't have to be anything else. You don't have to be a carbon
1: copy. That's amazing, that. Dave. Let me back the truck up a second. Um, in the last 870 days, have you ever dropped your cell phone? <laughs> I
2: I have yes.
1: That's amazing because you got the record in the NFL for 870 without a fumble. David, I when know. I read that, that's that's amazing.
2: So can I, can, I show, can I share with you why that's important, at least for me? Yeah. Um, the very first carry of my career. 2004, I was a rookie. I was backing up a Hall of Famer by the name of Marshall Falk. Uh, and I was a lucky guy to come in and try to replace him. And in that attempt, I would get on the football field. First carry, Rick, was a fumble. Was a fumble. And my God, you go back and look at the film, it's like, you hold on to the ball. You're going to score. Your first carry would have been a touchdown, but because of that, I never forgot that, and I never truly, truly let myself go of that making that big mistake. I say, one, if I just des- if I think I deserve to share the field and take the ball out of a Hall of Famer um, hand, I-, I need to be dependable. But two, it's something that's so routine that I know better. So, um, every since then, I always will count the carries that you know, what I didn't fumble in the last five years of my career, I never fumbled the ball. And I have great pride in that just because of the way my career started. And I knew it was much better than that, that performance at that time.
0: That's amazing. It's so funny. Uh, talking about common threads, Marshall Falk, who I do a business with a partner in, in one of my business with, uh, he tells a story in his first game in Indianapolis, uh, that he fumbled and, uh, the offensive lineman, the, uh, all pro offensive linemen, forgive me, but I forget names, uh, grabbed his face mask, stared at him, huge guy, stared, at, he said, here I was, you know, top draft choice, you know, Hall of Fame, I mean, Heisman candidate, I'm Marshall Falk on this team with Indy, and he grabs the face mask and says, look, you mother effer, I got four effing kids, and if you keep fumbling the ball, I'm not going to be able to feed them. And he said he never forgot how scared he was every time he goes, I was going to hang on to that football to make sure that all the kids were fed in the NFL, at least on his team, uh, which is a remarkable story. There's so many great ones like that. Uh, Steven, we just certainly appreciate uh, your time. Uh, Where can people find OBS uh, and, and support you and not only the great product that you have, but the message? Uh, in the philanthropy that you're giving back to your community. Sure, sure. You can find us at uh, obsbrand.com
2: is our website where we have all our product at, as well as on our on, on Instagram. We're at underscore obsbrand uh, underscore as again. And you can find us there. And then I am, I am sj39 on Instagram as well as Twitter. Um, so I'm all over the place, but I like to, I would love to share a couple of shirts that's special to us. Yeah, please. We just dropped recently over my shoulder here. Um, right now in life, we always talk about giving flowers. I think that's not said enough and not done enough, but giving, giving one their flowers. There we go. Giving one their flowers means presenting them and telling them how much they care, the difference they made as mentors, as loved ones, because one day they're not going to be here that we can't tell them while they're alive. So giving those that we care about and, and love their flowers while they're here—it's what this shirt means to us, and it's a—it's a great shirt and a great meaning behind it, as well as uniquely the original, right? It's our brand, but we call it with the big L. We believe leadership comes in all forms and all fashions. Sometimes people leave from the front, while others choose to leave from back from the back with their actions. So the big L stands for your your leadership style. There's no one way to do it, but in in always being a leader is to mean you know you stand up and you stand out for those that
0: can't. I love it. I always say my definition of leadership is to be an intelligent follower. So I'm gonna have to buy both of those shirts, one to give to my mom for sure, and the other representative of my definition of leadership uh, to be an intelligent follower and remind myself uh, to listen for uh, and to learn from those that I want to help. Uh, Rick, any last comments on uh, the business or leadership? Because I know both of those you're an expert at.
1: Listen, Steven's heart's in the right place. I mean, he he'll give his shirt off his own back. You know what I'm saying? So listen, and people can can feel that. I, I love that story, but I gotta go back real quick to to the fumble thing. We talk about this all the time in life. You took a negative, turned it into a positive, changed the mindset, and now you have an NFL record for never fumbling. I mean, that's a that's an unbelievable story. I'm gonna be telling that to the kids for a long time. Thank you. Thank
0: you. As well am I. And Stephen, next time we're in Vegas, we'll be inviting you. We have many VIP dinners in Las Vegas with our beautiful studio at the Wynn, which we've been graced with Stephen's present as well. Uh, I will put in my order from Scotland uh, to be giving out those shirts. I hope our community follows my lead, no pun intended, from behind in an intelligent following way. So, Stephen, thanks for taking the time to be with us on Game Set Life.
1: Thank you. All right. Thanks, Stephen.
0: He held up those perfect hands. You see that? No wonder he didn't fumble.
1: Big (laughs) Oh, my
0: goodness, man. He's not dropping anything. I can't believe he even dropped his cell phone. He probably was just making us feel better. Uh, Anyways, uh, what an incredible leader. Hey, uh, Rick, was there, you know, obviously coaching the best tennis players in the world. uh, Could you share with me a story like Steven's uh, where maybe early in a career of one of your world champion glams, Grand Slam winning champions that you had, had an early lesson, uh, did something that they regretted or were disappointed uh, in, and it, that stuck with them through their entire career like it did Steven?
1: Um, yeah, there, there's many, but one story I'd like to tell real quick, it was uh, uh, at the U.S. Open when Roddy won, I was sitting outside the player's lounge with his brother, and he got done practicing. Listen to this. There's like 300 people around him, all these girls, Andy, Andy, people screaming and yelling, you know, and he was coming towards the players lounge. And I said, let's go, let's go. And he remembered that saying back in the day. So me and his brother got in this circle and we're going to the players lounge and he goes, Rick, is this crazy or what? I go, what do you mean? He goes, everything around me has changed, uh, but it's still me and an opponent and lines and a net and the court you know so everything around him changed but he didn't change i know i really didn't answer your question yeah that's such a life lesson there because he was all about the competition you know and for a 19 year old to say that and now getting millions of dollars and he's the next american you know like Agassiz or these guys that that's his career and he's never really had any bad losses and that's why i was to say when i had him at 12 years old He was just a feisty little mosquito, and he would keep bothering you and came back for more, and that never changed all through his career.
0: And, Rick, are we going to see another uh, Grand Slam men's champion? Uh, And besides that, will it be from America?
1: Absolutely. It's going to be Sebastian Corda. Okay, he's been a little injured. He's the most talented. You know, his backhand, his money in the bank, his forehand's kind of like Federer, great pedigree. Both his parents played on the pro tour, okay? He's been injured, but I think he's the most talented of all the Americans, okay? Uh, There's actually a 15-year-old, okay, named Darwin Blanche, who I started coaching at five years old. I coached him from five to 12. At 15 years old, he just beat the number one junior in the world over in France, okay? Darwin Blanche, he's probably gonna be about 6'5". Great technique. He started at a young age, but Sebastian Corda. Okay, there's a lot of good Americans, but I think he's the one that's going to catch fire, and he's going to be in there with Alcaraz, Sinner, and Roode for all these Grand Slam titles.
0: Well, you heard it here first <laughs> on Game Set Life, and I can tell you this man can spot talent, and he knows what it takes to win, which is why we bring you here every week to help people <laughs> win not only the game, not only the set, but in life, and nobody could be More grateful to have a co host and partner on this show and in life, and then what I've learned every week. I feel like I should send you some tuition, even though I'm not at the academy. I should send you tuition for every single one of these episodes for the last. Well, if you want,
1: I can send you a bill. We can work all this out. It's not a You know what? Listen, you you and your team have been so supportive, and there's been a lot of loving, but with Macy and Meltzer, there's a lot more in the oven.
0: (laughs) You got it. Just wait to see us on Apple TV. We're in season two of Game Set Life. You can't get at it better than the double M's. That's right, the M&M's of life. Game Set Life with Rick Macy. I'm David Meltzer. Thanks for joining me, my friend.
1: All right, see you, buddy.
0: See you soon. Incredible. How blessed are we to have incredible people with incredible insight and sharing their lessons to help us win the games, the sets, and in life knowing life circumstances and how to apply those circumstances with the lessons that we learn to the life that we love. And I want to thank my team, especially our producer, Nick Glazer. We would not be a show without you. And uh, I want to remind everyone, if you want a replay of this, if you'd like to watch this on our Apple TV channel, if you'd like to see uh, my book, I'll send it to you, sign it to you, uh, pay for shipping and the book, just email me david at dmeltzer.com As I like to finish off remembering to be more interested than interesting. Be kind to your future self and do good deeds. Hit it, Nick.